you are listening to the Grace and Wrath podcast. This is Mark. Living a truly fulfilling life without Christ is impossible, and choosing to die without Christ is pure insanity. Repentance of sin and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved by God's grace from God's wrath. Welcome back to the Grace and Wrath podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. In this series, we're telling Bible stories in chronological order and adding tips and commentary to help you share the gospel more easily and effectively. Warning to parents and teachers, uh, this story has material that you may find objectionable to young children. Uh, We do recommend that you personally listen to the story before allowing children uh, to listen to it. Today's story is Othniel and Ehud. After Joshua died, people continued to serve God, but eventually another generation grew up that didn't know the Lord, and they started worshiping Baal. The Lord was angry with his people, so he allowed a foreign king to come and rule over them for eight years. The people finally begged God for help, and he had mercy on them. He sent them Othniel to be their judge. The Spirit of the Lord was on him, and he was able to go into battle and kill the foreign king. God delivered his people, and they lived in peace for 40 years. After Othniel died, the people of Israel once again made the Lord angry with all of their sin. This time, the Lord gave them to Eglon, the king of Moab, who was extremely fat. He enlisted the help of other nations, and together they defeated Israel. Moab ruled over the people for 18 years. Once again, they begged the Lord to have mercy and help them. This time, God sent a judge named Ehud, who was left-handed. When it was time for the people of Israel to send money to the king Eglon, Ehud decided to take it to him. He made a double-edged sword that was only 18 inches long. He strapped it under his clothes on his right side. He took several men with him and presented the money to the king. After making their presentation to the king, they turned to leave. Ehud told his men to go on without him, and he returned to the court. He said, King Eglon, I have a secret message for you. The king was pleased, so he sent the guards away and took Ehud up the stairs to an enclosed porch where it was cool. There he sat on his throne. Ehud said, The message I am bringing to you is from the Lord. The king stood up, and Ehud reached his left hand into his clothes and pulled the sword from his right side. He plunged it into Eglon's stomach. The king's fat closed around it, so Ehud wasn't able to pull it out. As the king fell to the ground, his stomach split open and his inside spilled out. Ehud went out of the door and locked it behind him. When the servants came, they saw that the door was locked, so they assumed that the king had locked it so he could use the toilet. They waited until they finally realized something was wrong. They found a key and opened the door and found their master dead on the floor. This delay gave Ehud time to escape. He crossed over the Jordan River and sounded the alarm. The Israelites came ready to fight. He said, Follow me. The Lord has given us the Moabites. With Ehud in the lead, they attacked the Moabites, killing over 10,000 warriors. Because of that battle, the Moabites had to serve Israel, and the people lived in peace for 80 years. Okay, we are in the book of Judges. You'll notice if you're following this series, uh, the last, uh, the previous story, I should say, was uh, about Job. And that's several books ahead in the Bible. But again, these stories are being told chronologically. 
So we are now in Judges. Let's start with chapter 1, verse 19. So the Lord was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland, because they had chariots of iron. All right, many atheists, many non-believers will point to this verse as a possible biblical contradiction. Some skeptics think that this verse con uh, contradicts Luke 1.37. I'll read that to you. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Okay. Well, it was Judah, not God, who could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley. The assumption is that because God was with Judah, they were therefore promised victory over their enemies. This is clearly a faulty deduction. It is true that nothing is impossible with God and that he was with Judah, but the problem was their disobedience. Even though they had earlier been assured of victory against their enemies with iron chariots, that's from Joshua 17, verse 18, they apparently became fearful and failed to trust God to give them victory. God is with the believer. Nothing is impossible for him to accomplish through those who obey him. There is no contradiction in these passages. All right, we are going to move on to another question that might come up when you're sharing the gospel. How can God be omniscient if he didn't know what Israel would do? All right, so these kind of questions come up. How can he be all-knowing and still seem to be surprised like some of these stories? Let's read chapter 3, verse 4. And they were left that he might test Israel by them to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. Well, God tests us, not for his sake, but for ours. For example, Ecclesiastes 3.18 tells us, God tests them that they may see that they themselves are like animals. In school, students are given periodic tests to show them their current progress, right? what they think they know, but don't, where they are wrong and need to relearn, so they can have a course correction before it's too late. After seeing God's miraculous provision, both Abraham and the children of Israel were tested to see if they had learned the lesson that they could trust God. That's from Genesis 2, 1 and Exodus 15, 25. God brings tests and trials to those he loves to cause them to mature and develop godly character. Tribulation, temptation, and persecution establish, strengthen, and settle the godly. You can also see 1 Peter 5.10 and Psalm 66.10-12 for more on that. So keep it in mind that, you're again, you're going to be asked questions. You may not know the answers. As we're doing in these commentaries, we're trying to point out common questions that seekers and atheists and non-believers will ask you. The most important thing when you're presented with a question, if you don't have a, if you're not comfortable answering it, the most important thing you can do is just revert back to your experience. You simply say, okay, that's a valid question. I don't know how to answer that, but let me, let me simply tell you about my experience and simply get back to your life and how God has Im impacted your life. That's, that's the go-to. You don't have to have all the answers. And I don't want you to be intimidated by that. So many people are intimidated by the fear of being asked a question they don't have the answer to. The bottom line is you, you have God in your heart and in your life. And that's what you need to show them. 
If you haven't already, I encourage you to heed the Lord's call, turn from your sins, believe the gospel, and receive the gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you right now. If you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe to the program. And please consider giving us a good review. It really does help. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Grace and Wrath and on the web at graceandwrath.com. Thanks for listening. This is Mark signing off for now. So ride hard, pray often, and talk about Jesus wherever you go.